What is up, everybody? What is up? Welcome back. Welcome back. He's singing again. My God. Someone stop him from singing. Nah, we like it. We're having fun. What's up? Welcome to the Dapper Dividends program. You're being hosted. No, I'm hosting you. You're hosting me. No, I'm the host. I'm hosting you. What's up? My name is Russ. Just got back from my my daughter's. We can't talk. My daughter's volleyball game. I am the hardest working creator in the wide, wide world and land of dividend investing. A, because I say I am, and B, because I just got done with the YouTube video that you can check out. Uh, I recorded it. It's going to be the top 10 blue chip dividend stocks that Ray Dalio, who runs Bridgewater Associates, added to their portfolio with one position that they increased 10,740% last quarter. And to find out what that is, swoosh, you're going to have to listen to the YouTube video that's going to come out Saturday morning because I, I got to edit it. And um, my daughter's got homecoming Saturday night, so that's going to be done. Anyway, I'm working Saturday. See, I told you I am the hardest working freaking guy that you're going to listen to. Challenge me if I'm wrong. Dude, all right, check it out. We're just going to jump right into it because I got a lot to get into. Today was not the day that the Fed raised interest rates three quarters of a point. That was yesterday. Today was some more of the fallout from it. And I want to ask you, well, I don't know. Why am I asking you? You can't answer me. Just scream at the radio. Yes, Russ. Yes. Yes. Tell us. The Fed is raising rates. So I want to ask you, because I'm going to tell you, even if you didn't want to know, you're going to know, does this affect dividend stocks? Listener, you're going to know, my God, David, I had to do it. I don't know if you watch Schitt's Creek. If you don't watch Schitt's Creek, it's on Netflix. Uh, I would highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite shows. My wife and I actually have started watching it again. God, the levies are great. They're brilliant. There's three of them. That's it. So anyway, Jay Powd, <laughs> Jay Powd Powd the market, Jerome Powell, affectionately known as Jay Powell, Dude, he dropped another, not a bomb. Everybody knew this was happening, but what we weren't, I guess knowing is the wrong English to use, is how aggressive they're going to be and what the terminal rate is. I think the terminal rate could be somewhere upwards of 5% now. Um, I think, I didn't write it down. I should have wrote that down. This is really unprofessional, but anyway. The point of it is, is that Jay Powell's storm is upon us and I'm running into the storm as a dividend investor and we're going to cover it. But overall, overarchingly, basically, I want to, so basically, I want to tell you, don't sweat the, I need to have a shirt that says basically, I don't know how you, how do you convey that on a shirt? You don't. I want to tell you to not sweat the Fed. Why? Because you can't control what they're going to do. The Fed going to do what the Fed going to do, right? and you can't control it, this is something focusing more on what you can and do control and less on what you don't. Dude, that changed my life. That is something that literally across the spectrum from sports to politics to family and friends and 
watching my daughter play volleyball. You can't, you cannot change the things that you don't control. And what I mean by that is basically I realized, so basically I realized how I control, I control how I spend my time, my money, and what I do with my body. That's really, at the end of the day, the only things I have control of it. And yeah, we can try to convince people of some things, but that can be tricky because people might just, you know, they might just tell you, oh yeah, I agree with you. Very good. Actually, we were at a memorial for my father-in-law's best friend, passed away, uh, awful pancreatic cancer, got him early, mid-60s, sucks, but fun guy, fun memorial. He said he didn't want anyone crying, had rock music playing, some punk music playing, and we ended up talking to somebody that was related to him, and it got into politics because this person wanted it to be. And we were being polite, my wife and I, and just, you know, nodding our heads, okay, <laughs> you know, but we couldn't control that. We control if we stand there and listen or we walk away. But tying back into investing, my grandpa used to say something that what you put into your head comes back to you in dollars. And he was a firm believer on that, in that. And I think basically that was, <laughs> basically that was talking about human capital. The more you educate your mind, right? Your most valuable asset is your brain. Your brain, your mind is your most valuable asset because everything you have right now is because of your brain. And if you do bigger and better things and improve your brain, you can have bigger and better things, right? If somebody has something that you don't, the chances are that they did something. Well, I guess unless Paris Hilton being born into money, but we'll just say her parents anyway. So yeah, just, I have my unwind time, but I'm always trying to fill my head with things that can improve me and focus less on what can't be controlled. And I know a lot of you aren't here. Some of you aren't here in the US. I guess the most of you are, but if you have the option and you don't like where you are, you can move. And for me, I don't know. I'm all about not hurting people, not taking their stuff. If it's, man, if it's consenting adults, I think they should be able to do pretty much whatever they want. That doesn't infringe on the property rights of somebody else, my opinion. But this is why I love dividend investing because it gives me more money. And the more money I have, there's more options. Money gives us options, right? Money is a tool. Money has no inherent purpose. There's no inherent purpose to it. Money is a tool like a hammer or a spatula. Sp spatula city, spatula city. Buy nine spatulas, get the 10th for just a penny, open till midnight. <laughs> Hurry, walk, don't, no, run, don't walk to Spatula City. But yeah, so money is pretty much just a tool. And I was thinking on this and it really came to, to my mind that, I don't know if you remember it, but not too long ago, I think it was in the spring, the former Miss USA, Chelsea Christ. Dude, she was only 30 years old and she unfortunately took her life, but she had a net worth of $5 million. I had to look that up. It blew my mind. Here you have somebody that was 30 years old, a former Miss USA, and she had a net worth of $5 million. And for some reason, she was miserable and she didn't want to live. Yeah, I mean, I know it can sound gloomy, but this is a larger point. I have another ex 
couple examples. Um, the obviously over Labor Day weekend, Bed Bath and Beyond CFO Gustavo Arnal was 52, 6.5 million net worth took his life. And then tying it into the book that I'm almost done reading, which is Reminiscences. I knew I was going to screw it up. I knew it. Reminiscent, reminiscences? No, God bless it. Reminiscences of a Stock Operator uh, is a book. Basically, it's fictionalized, but it's supposed to be based on Jesse Livermore, from what I understand. Now, so he was a stock trader, and he was known as the Boy Plunger and the Great Bear of Wall Street. Dude, he had a huge fortune of at the time, which was a hundred million dollars in today's money. That's pushing two billion dollars, and that was at his peak in 1929. A hundred million dollars. Well. Mr. Livermore on Thanksgiving Day had a wife, child, took his life at the age of 63. Now, that just tells me that, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that like money is the end goal, but money without purpose is a huge letdown. That's what I've heard, what I'm learning. And money just can't be your goal. It's not going to make you happy. You have to have purpose. And and this is what I love about doing this podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, and this channel is, and the YouTube channel is, is the people I've been connecting with. Uh, I, you know me, I say I've put a lot of work. I'm learning to be better. I'm growing, but I've enjoyed the journey and just talking with people and hearing that I've put out information to help people like with the 3M food safety business spinoff, uh, I broke it down and I told people <clears throat> this is what's going to happen. And I got a lot of good positive, good comments from that. Oh my God. That was my phone. I didn't put on mute anyway. So let's get to, let's get to the main topic. I'm stalling. I don't cut anything here. Maybe one day I will, but you guys like it, right? You can drop me a line or a letter at rustyram 78 on Twitter which I'm uh, mostly send me a private message if you want to, or Russ at dapperdividends.com. That's the quickest way to get in contact with moi, yours truly. Where's this guy? Oh, uh, Mr. Uh, Alfred P. Pennypants hasn't been around in a while. The snooty nose. New people are like, what the, what the hell's the matter with this guy? Oh, sometimes I wish I had a host. It would make things a little more easy on my part. Okay. Okay, USA. That's from Bloodsport. If you haven't seen Bloodsport, by the way, Big John Studd was a wrestler in the 80s, and he had a cameo appearance in Bloodsport. And uh, that's what he would say when Frank Dukes, Frank Dukes, which was uh, JCVD, John claude Van Damme's character was playing. I, oh God, I got to watch it. Because in my mind, and this is how the mind can go, I believe it was him. Cause this took place over in Asia somewhere in like the seedy underground of uh, blood sport. It was just like early MMA, but yeah, he would have the, give the big thumbs up. Okay. USA. And that's why I do that. And now, you know, and knowing's half the battle. Yo, Joe. So how does rising interest rates affect dividends? Well, this basically is from an Investopedia article that made it easy on me, but I'm going to summarize it and put a few things in my own way. So link in the show notes below if you want to check the article out for yourself. 
I'd recommend it. Why not? I could be lying to you and just making all this up. So here we go. <laughs> no one not. Anyway. All righty. You ready? Ready. <laughs> if you're driving, give me a beep beep on the car horn and scream out your window. I'm ready. <laughs> we want people to think you're crazy. So dividends are made from after-tax profits. Basically, companies are paying out dividends from their after-tax profits, right? And the amount and frequency is up to the company. Usually, most companies go by a quarter. Some of them are annually. A lot of European companies are annually. I don't know why. ETFs can be, like the URNM ETF. That's once a year. And then there's REITs, like uh, Realty Income and STAG, ticker STAG. They are monthly dividend stocks. So from what I've learned in my investing journey so far, and every time we're in the market and we lose money or we make a mistake, that's our tuition. So you got to keep with it in order to get your diploma. You can't just quit. Kind of like my YouTube journey. I've learned that typically higher yields are higher risk. The higher the dividend yield, the riskier that dividend is <clears throat> typically. And higher yields are usually found with higher debt loads, which some of those industries are utility stocks, telecom stocks, and REITs. Now, they are interest rate sensitive because they have a lot of debt, right? So when rates go up, the share price usually goes down. And when the rates, interest rates drop, their share price usually goes up. So basically for util so basically for utilities, telecoms, and REITs, this rising rate interest environment is not going to be favorable for them. And I've noticed a lot of REITs that have been going down, like FRT, Federal Realty, uh, Realty Income has been going down. A lot of them have been going down. And this is because rising interest rates increase the debt servicing costs. And companies have to pay out greater amounts of interest to cover those debt loads that they have. And that affects profitability, right? So future earnings also are worth less because the discounted cash flows at 4% are less than at 5%. So this is another, another reason. So companies with a lot of debt have this problem. And they gave a really cool example I'm going to give it to you in two sentences where a 5% interest on $4 billion of debt equals a $200 million interest bill, which would hypothetically in the scenario they gave be about an 87.9% payout ratio. Okay. Are you with me? $4 billion of debt, 5% interest means the company is paying $200 million in interest and their payout ratio we'll just say is 87.9%. So for the fictitious company here, say that interest rate goes up 1%, 1 point. Now that $4 billion debt on 6% interest becomes $240 million interest bill, that $40 million extra, and they now have a hypothetical payout ratio of 99.3%. So you can see how just a 1% interest, a 1% increase in the interest rate can push a company to paying out almost all of their uh, everything, all of their free cash flow into that dividend, which would make it potentially unsustainable. 
Rising interest rates also affect corporate profitability and could strain dividend payments. What we've been seeing now today, the T-bill, right? The inversion for the two-year and the 10-year was steepening uh, or, I don't know, not declining because it's going the other way. It was getting worse. We'll just say that. The T-bill is competition for dividend stocks. What do you mean the Treasury bill is competition? Well, that's because they have risk-free yields. That coupon, you're going to get all your money back. And that's the plus and the minus. And it's, you know, a lot of retirees, they don't want to risk that capital. So they take the coupon on it. Check it out. The <clears throat> I'm going to take a sippy sip of my Wawa. Wawa, by the way, is a gas station. Do you get your gas at Wawa? I don't want to know. I just, you know. Talk amongst yourself, even if you're by yourself. All right, quit. <clears throat> so where were we? T-bills are competition for dividend stocks. How, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you. Last quarter, or in quarter two of 2022, the S&P 500 yield is 1.4%. Currently, as of today, the two-year Treasury bill is 4.118%. And the 10-year Treasury bill coupon is now 3.71%. So right there, that yield on the two year for the next two years, you could get a guaranteed four point, basically 4.19% interest. And you won't have to suffer the volatility of going down more. But if those share prices were to appreciate to the upside, you're not going to capture that. So that's kind of the trade-off. But <clears throat> if you're okay, just getting 4.1%. 2% interest and not having to worry about that money being lost, then people are going to start buying those treasury bills and maybe selling stocks or not putting their money into stocks. So if people aren't buying stocks, well, naturally they're going to drop and they're going to have to keep falling until they get to a space or a point, a price point where people do want to buy them and they're attractive enough. So I think it's going to be good and it's okay because a lot of blue chip dividend stocks are going to just, the further they fall, those yields are just going to go higher. And in this case, it's probably okay because they're not, people aren't selling off a bad company and that's why the yield is going up. Banks, on the other hand, banks also do well when interest rates rise because their net interest margins improve. And that means that is the difference between their borrowing and their lending rate, which again is improving and that positively affects their profitability. So in rising interest rate environments, banks should do well. JP Morgan, I have those hundred shares. They've not been doing very well as of late, kind of selling off with the market, but I think they'll be one of the companies that are going to be okay. But just generally, I mean, the best run companies will be okay. They can weather the storms. They have the best fortresses. I mean, looking for companies with low debt, low payout ratios. I love the free cash flow payout ratio. Whenever you can, I like to look at the free cash flow payout ratio and basically just basically just companies with the best balance sheets. Those are the companies that you will feel the safest in. A lot of times they have lower yields, but the, again, that is just some of the trade-off. There's always a trade-off. There's no certain thing in the market. 
and 16% of S&P 500 companies have dividend yields that are higher than the two-year treasury, which is at 4% now. Only 16% of S&P 500 companies. Did you get that? Only 16% of those companies have a yield higher than the two-year treasury of 4%. And fewer than 20% of dividend yields are greater than the 10-year treasury yield, which that is the lowest since 2006. So we have interesting times upon us. I'm going to keep adding. Like I said, I'm running into the storm. You know, I'm just going to keep buying stocks because I have a lot of time. If I was maybe a conservative retiree, then I would shift into the treasuries more. And again, it's it's something that you would have to find out if that's right for you. I'm not that interested in, in uh, treasury bills. I did see that Yada, I don't know how many of you use Yada, the savings, the no loss, no loss lottery savings vehicle platform app. I like it. I've been using it for, I think, almost two years now. And they have a thing called the buckets as I'm stalling to open up my phone. Do, 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 do. Bah, 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 bah. What the hell is this guy saying? Anyway, I'm doing a really, your host is doing a really bad job of trying to find that email I saw from Yada. Oh, here it is. It's iBonds. They have iBonds bucket where you can currently get 9.62% interest, but the catch is that you can only cash out I-bonds bucket funds after a minimum of one year. So check that out. You can get 9.62% interest, and but you your money's locked up for a year though. And I don't know, I, I thought about maybe doing some of that, but eh, I'll probably hold off and uh, eh, maybe I'll, I'll put a few bucks into it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> that's... Uh, Again, I'd I'd love to know what you're doing. You can let me know on Twitter. I mean, just put it in the thread, whatever. That way other people can see it. We can chat about it. And you know what? I I don't know what else I wanted to talk to you about. I kind of got here a little bit quicker than expected. So with that being said, (laughs) I'm not going away yet. Don't hang up. Don't hang up the phone. Put it down, buddy. Good God. I have a newsletter and in that newsletter, I'm putting the link. I'm going to start putting, I don't know why I wasn't putting it before. You can sign up for that. I've done it three weeks in a row now by Sunday night or on Sunday night, I am sending out a newsletter, just giving a really quick thought on the market, what's going on, the dividends I received, the stocks I bought, if any, during that week any options I sold. And then what else do I put in there? Oh, uh, notable stocks going X dividend in the coming week. And the only problem is though, is that if the stock was going X dividend on Monday and you're getting the newsletter Sunday, well, I don't include it because you can't do anything about it. And if you're new around these parts, partner, and you don't know how the X dividend date works, Don't buy on the ex-dividend date because you will not get the dividend. You have to hold the stock the day before the ex-dividend date. So if you see an ex-dividend date of September 25th, 
just make sure that you buy that stock by the market close on September 24th, just the day before. It makes it really, really easy. So I cover all that and I just, it's fun. I, you know, it's not terribly, um, I don't know. It doesn't take a terrible amount of work for me, but I, I enjoy sharing it with all of you people. And I don't know. I'm spent. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? What do you think of the whole shenanigans in the world? And you know why I say that? Because there's always shenanigans going on. There's always something happening off in the world. And uh, I'm going to end it here. We're going to get out of here early. I got my peewee for you. <laughs> God bless it. You see, I had all this lined up. I do live streams lately on Sundays. So if you'd like to pop on to YouTube and chat with me, make sure you're following me on YouTube and the channel and all that. I would appreciate your support. And yeah, this is my guy. When I was at Little Baby Cheerin's, Pee Wee's Playhouse, when it ends, yes. Chills, just chills. Man, I love that. Brings me back to about 1986. You know, I was eight years old. And it's summer, getting ready to go out and play. You've heard me say it before. My grandpa would uh, would watch me watch him Pee Wee and say like, Yasha Shmuddy, what's the matter with this guy? Oh, my grandpa wasn't like that. Hold on. That was weird. I just made my grandpa sound like uh, like an Italian. He was Czech. Uh, he was full-blooded, 100% Czech, Bohunk, as he called it. Uh, he would say, Yasha Shmuddy, what's the matter with this guy? He's goofy. And, uh, yeah, I didn't care. I still love Pee Wee, except for when he was... He wasn't doing any, he wasn't hurting anyone. Free Pee Wee, free Paul Rubens. All right, everybody. I love you. Thank you for stopping on by. And we'll get out of here early for one. So subscribe to me on YouTube and whatever you do. Give this a rating and review and thumbs up. And you know how to do all, all that silly old stuff everybody tells you to do. So thanks for stopping by. And I will talk to you next week. So long, everybody.